the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We who have a voice of reason should be reaching out. So the question is this. Are you living by faith? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Every one of you have talents. You have things that you've excelled in in this life. And it could be technology things. It could be working with your hands and construction. All of these things, whatever. But those gifts and those talents could help make the church a better church. Are you using your talents as you work in the workforce, as you use these things in the business world and what have you? Are you using those talents? that God gave you to also better the church, to better the work of God this side of heaven? See, that's why, again, the psalmist said, I delight to do your will. That word delight in the original Hebrew language means I take pleasure in this. It is a great joy to me. It's not work. It's my desire to please you, Lord. It's not like pulling teeth, going to a dentist or something, or having to do some type of a forced labor. Hey, here's a shovel. Can you go dig a hole over here? It's not that. Although there's times that we've had to dig holes here. (laughs) We have one of our people have gone to this church for years and when we were digging out, I was talking to Pastor Shannon the other day, and we were in the high school room, and I said, this high school room had dirt piled all the way to the ceiling at one point. He goes, what? Really? Where? I said, because all these bathrooms that we put, we have eight toilets for the women, and you know, we have three toilets for the men, and urinals because we're men. Okay, but we won't get into that now. That's another subject. But anyway, we had to dig up all those canals and we had to you know, dig all these things out to La Siena again, all of these things. So we had dirt piled up in here and all that digging. Guess what? Someone came in. He's part of our church, been here forever. And he dug all those trenches for free and he just served the Lord. But people, whatever it is, it's like they use their gifts as unto the Lord. So how can we, like Enoch, simply walk with God? How can we have devotion with him? How can we be in unison with him? How can we be in togetherness with him? How are we to really become Christ-like is the question here, isn't it? Well, a great place to start is exactly what you're doing here today, plugging in with church We must commit to that being under the reading of the word of God on a regular basis. I love what Job said in Job 23, 12. He says, I have not departed from the command of your lips. I have treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. 
How many people like food? <laughs> it's like, how many people love food? I love food. Okay, it's like, I'm sorry. I've got this affectionate relationship with food. I like to eat. I mean, oh my goodness, whether it's as a big old fat cinder block sized burrito with carnitas, okay? Yeah, like, you know, from Campos right down the street here. Okay, no, no free commercial, but it is a free commercial because that macho burrito is the size of a cinder block. But anyway, you know, so here we have Job saying, Look, we know how food is so important to us all, right? We, we like to eat. It's like he's saying, but I love your word more than my necessary food. So what he's saying is like, look, these bodies shut down without food. What happens on your cell phone? And when the battery starts going down, it tells you 20% left. Then it tells you 10% left. And if you're on the phone, it'll start beeping. What's that beeping noise in my phone? It's telling you I'm getting ready to shut down, buddy. You better plug me in. Okay? Because once you're out of juice, you're out of juice. And if we don't feed these bodies, we get out of juice. Why can't we understand that our spirits, they shut down if they're not fed the word of God? We need the word of God or they'll shut down. So think about it for a moment here. Enoch, he walked with God for 300 years. He walked with him. So at 65 years old, mama pumps out, you know, Methuselah. He has a come to God moment when that baby's born. And all of a sudden, for the next 300 years, he's walking with God. He had a deep devotion with God. This was not some leap. This was not some sprint. It wasn't like a 40-yard dash. This was a long marathon, 300 years. Again, obviously, they lived longer back then. But that doesn't take away from the point here. The point is obvious. The reality was Enoch had a steady He had a committed, he had a faithful, and he had a consistent walk with God during the course of his life. And this guy lived a really long, long time. I wonder how your walk is. Not allowing anyone else to judge you. Hey, don't judge me, bro. Don't judge me, pastor. Don't judge me. Okay, fine. Judge yourself. You judge yourself. You examine how is your walk. You scrutinize it. Has it been a solid walk with Christ? I wonder how is your walk if you judge it yourself? Does it resemble the way that God has instructed us to walk in the Bible? Are there any known areas of sin that we have allowed to continue in our lives? Any areas that you know that are wrong, but you're kind of letting them slip by? Does your life resemble what God has instructed in the Bible? Or does it resemble pop culture? Because for some, their life is like a lava lamp. It's just an up and down flow of like lifeless matter. Remember lava lamps? They were so cool back in the 60s and 70s. And then they kind of went out, but then they came back again. And then, but now they're gone again. I don't know where they went. You know, in the lava lamp heaven. I don't know. But, but lava lamps, they just sit there and there's a, you know. And I wonder if that's what we're like, just up and down in our Christian life, you know. That's when we, as Christians seem to never really get anywhere. We just kind of get into this cruise control and we just get comfortable and nothing happens where we are supposed to be the voice. We are the voice of reason to this generation. And if we're not speaking, no one else is speaking. 
That's why embracing the Bible is so important because we are continually challenged in our faith when we're continually in the word of God. When we are continually challenged to grow because we're always reading the word, we're always in Bible study. We're continually challenged to become everything that God has called us to be. Yes, Enoch, he walked with God. He had a devotional life with God. He had a relationship with God. Everything changed with him. And he did it for a long, long time. And he did it by faith. The Bible says this about Enoch in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the hall of faith because it just picks out all these different people throughout the Bible and just says, man, these guys really walked with God. So one of those guys was Enoch. And this is what it says about him in verse five. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. So God took him. He snatched him up. He said, man, I just, come on up here. Man, I just, I want a piece of you. Hey, God, you want a piece of this? Yes, I do. Boom. He just took him. That's it. And so, and then he goes on in Hebrews uh, verse 6, Hebrews 11, 6 says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're not going to be willing to say, God, use me. If you're not willing to say, God, here I am, send me where you want. God, your will in my life, not mine. Your will be done. If you're not willing to say that, then nothing's going to happen with you. Then you're just going to be that person that just goes day by day by day, and then you'll get sucked into the way that the world thinks. And, oh, yes, we're all going to die. It's like COVID-19, we're all going to die. It's like you, you get sucked into everything. Instead of saying, well, Lord, we got a pandemic here. It's real. How can I be used in the midst of this pandemic? We who have a voice of reason should be reaching out. So the question is this. Are you living by faith? Or perhaps are you taking a bit of a holiday? Well, I'm kind of working at home and kind of leisurely, you know, whatever. Know this. Our time is now. We must go for all that God has for us. And we must do it today. We should never allow another day, another week, another month, another year to slip by. It's like another wasted, unproductive year to go by. Well, it was a pandemic. We all kind of shut down. No, man, this is where we need to rise up. Because we don't want this year to go by with no eternal value. Just grasp for a moment right now the idea of really walking with God like Enoch did, taking a stand to live a life for the glory of God. Just pause to wonder about that. It was Albert Einstein, the scientist, since that's all we listen to now. It's what science say, okay? Well, let's listen to a scientist here. Albert Einstein said this quote, he who can no longer pause to wonder is as good as dead. If you can't pause to wonder what God could do, you're as good as dead as a Christian. Yes, I wonder what great things God desires to do in and through us, in your life, if you would allow him to. Because God says that he can take the weak things of the world, the things that are puny, the things that the world says, what could you ever do? How could God ever use little old puny you? 
But God says, I'll take the weak things of the world to prove myself mighty because my power is made full in your weakness. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, he says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Yeah, you think so? We're living in the last days, and it's difficult. We've got all kinds of problems in the world. It's not just the United States. It's all over the planet. The whole globe is in bankruptcy right now. The New American Standard uses that word difficult. That's what I read out of. If you have a King James Bible, it says it's perilous times in the end. And it just means that it's dangerous times. It's furious times. It's fierce. It's hard to bear. And aren't we living in that time now? Did you ever think you'd have people just by the mob? It's a mob. It's ruling. It's like, man, we're going to shame you. You're going to listen to what we have to say. There's no more tolerance. If you don't listen to what we say, if you don't agree with us, we will make your life miserable. We'll burn your city down. We'll pull your statues down. Did you ever think we'd be living in a time like this even a year ago? Verse 3 of 2 Timothy 3 goes on to say, men would be brutal are better translated into Greek, they'd be savages. God, we see the murder right now. Did you see the guy that just got out of prison? Because, oh, we don't want the rapist to get COVID-19 in prison. So they opened it and they let him out. This just happened a couple days ago. And as soon as he got out, he went to the woman that he abused and he killed her. It's like, what? Hi, you know, like, you, like, are you serious? What'd you let that scumbag out for? But they did because that's the thinking of today. But the Bible says that in the end times, men and women will be savages. This is the time in which we live, where senseless murders happen daily, where government officials are corrupt. Did we not see the corruption all around us? Yes, this is all peaceful protest. Peaceful protest? Look at the film. This is not peaceful protest. They're trying to burn buildings down here. But their government officials are corrupt, where people are rude and ruthless. And by the way, Los Angeles, talking about rude people. We were voted last year as the second rudest city in America. So the question is, are we adding to that? You know, it's like, we need to change that. But here's Los Angeles, rated in all the United States, the second rudest city. Of course, we were only playing second fiddle to New York because New York was number one. Whose crime rate, by the way, since they've been defunding their police, has skyrocketed to 200%. Yeah, not such a good idea. Let's defund the police and let's let everyone out of prison. Gee, I wonder how that's going to work. How about 200% increase in crime? That's how it's working out. And what's this have to do with us? It has everything to do with us. Everything to do with us. For we are to be lights that shine in this dark world for Christ. That's what it has to do with us. If only a person, someone like you, would act out their faith in daily life. It was Edward Hale that said this quote, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. It's like, yeah, we can't just change everything. If we start living a godly life on the outside, it's not going to change the crime rate in New York City. But it could change the crime rate here. It could change the things that are happening here. It could change what's happening around us. People are looking for hope right now. People are looking for something more than what they see. People are looking 
to do and to grab onto something that's more solid than them because everyone's on this shaky ground right now. Which brings up our third and final point of promise giving. Let's look at this incredible promise here. Let's pick up and read here in Genesis chapter 5, verse 25, because the promise is what changed Enoch. The promise happened that God made him when his son Methuselah was born. So let's see what that promise is. Verse 25, Methuselah lived 187 years and became the father of Lamech. Then Methuselah lived 782 years after he became the father of Lamech, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. So for you Bible students out there, this is the oldest guy in the Bible, Methuselah. He lived 969 years, and he died. Verse 28, now Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, this one will give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground which the Lord has cursed. That curse came because Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. Verse 30, then Lamech lived 595 years and he became the father of Noah. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. Noah is 500 years old and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, it's easy to read a portion of scripture like that and you're thinking like, okay, this guy lived that long, died, that guy lived that long, okay, this, what is this have to do with me today? It has a lot to do with us. And this is why we do expository Bible teaching here at Core Church. Because if we weren't going verse by verse through Genesis, you would miss this. You wouldn't get this. But this is cool stuff. How's it cool? Well, let's see. Now, there's a promise that's given here. And it's wrapped all around Enoch's son. It's what changed the course and direction of his life. Okay, so he named his son Methuselah. Why? Because we find the promise embedded in his very name. For Methuselah name, it means when he dies, it will come. So you named your kid, when it dies, it will come. Okay, what's going to come? What are you talking about? Judgment will come. When he dies, judgment will come. This is what turned Enoch upside down and changed his whole life direction of life because God said this son that you're seeing born you know how happy it is man when you're a man and your wife does all that work man that wife did all the work and we rejoice okay the wife's in there she's sweating she's doing that she's biting bullets all this boom that baby comes out and us dads are like yeah baby I got a man child oh yes the real boy look right there okay anyway okay so so anyway he's looking at the son he's all overjoyed and that's when God says When this baby dies, I'm going to judge the world. I'm going to destroy the entire planet. So he named him Methuselah. When he dies, judgment will come. Enoch was obviously given by God a future prediction. It was a prophecy from God himself of the coming judgment for all of humanity for their wickedness and sin. So let's break this down. Get your calculator out. Are you ready? Verse 25 says that Methuselah, he was 187 years old when he had his son, Lamech. Lamech was 182 years old when he had his son, Noah. 
which would make Methuselah at that point 369 years old. Now, that's when Noah was born. So he's like, he's got his grandson there, and he's 369 years old. Then in verse 32, it says that Noah was 500 years old when he had his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, which made Methuselah 869 years old. And that's Noah. He was 600 years old in Genesis 6, 7, 6. So that means that he started working on the ark, Noah did, when he was 500 years old. He got done with the ark, that is the big boat that had all the animals, when God flooded the earth. Okay, it took him 100 years to build the ark. 100 years. Okay, so when Noah was 600 years old in Genesis chapter 7, verse 6, when the floodwaters came upon the earth, as Noah entered the ark... Methuselah was 969 years old and he died making exactly the prediction the prophecy that God gave to Enoch 969 years earlier he made that prediction come exactly true by the wisdom of God completely true and completely accurate because God is never wrong Yes, when Enoch looked into his son's eyes, Methuselah, he knew when that kid died, judgment would come. That knowledge changed the course and direction of his life. Do you see how our world has turned away from God? Okay, so you're ticked off at the government. You're ticked off at everything. You want to burn down buildings. You want to take down the federal building. You want to pull statues down. But now let's throw Bibles in there too. Oh, these peaceful protesters. Oh yeah, they're, they're all peaceful. Okay, yeah, why are we throwing Bibles in there? Because we're going to be on the chopping block. Yes, we are going to be having it harder and harder way because our world is turning from God. You know, and how we're living in these last days, according to all that Jesus said in Matthew 24. Everything in Matthew 24, it's all happening right in front of our eyes. You know, when we looked through the book of Revelation in our study a couple years ago, you know, we saw how man's heart would become more and more calloused. It would become more and more hard. And we're seeing it in front of our eyes today. We read about how Israel would be restored to their own land in the last days, according to what is spoken in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel in chapters 37 and 38 and 39. Yes, Israel, after wandering and being scattered throughout the world from 70 A.D. all the way to May 14, 1948, for 1,878 years wandering, they came back and became a nation again, according to what God has said. We see all the signs that are leading up to the apocalypse in front of us right now. We see diseases, pandemics, wars, killings. We see famines. There's a huge famine down in Africa right now from the locusts of all things. Man's knowledge is increasing according to what Daniel said. The unbelievable technology changes that we're seeing all around us in the world today. Heading towards a one world government, a one world monetary system. We see sexual perversion that God said it would be like in the days of Noah. It would be like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them because of sexual perversion. We're seeing it all mainstream now. And many more things that we have studied extensively. Yes, Jesus said these things would happen. 
And just like God warned Enoch with the birth of his son Methuselah, God is warning us, judgment is coming. And notice he lived to be the oldest man in the Bible, Methuselah did, showing us that God was merciful, not wanting to judge, but he waited a long, long time, hoping to see people come to repentance. He's like, okay, when this kid dies, judgment's going to come. He just prolonged this guy's life, 969 years, waiting for repentance. It never came. It never happened. The only people that were saved from the judgment was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three sons' wives. That's it. But he waited, just like he's waiting now. Second Peter chapter 3 says, people will come in the last days and say, oh, you Christians, you're a bunch of nuts. You're fruitcakes. You guys are, are ridiculous. You've been talking about Jesus coming for 2,000 years ever since he left the first time. You guys are crazy. And he says, watch out when they say that because his coming is near. But God is patient towards us, not wishing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 